0: Welcome to my testimony, and today we have a special guest all the way from Orlando, Orlando, Florida, yes, (laughs) yes, special guest with us today, we're so excited to get into this testimony today, and uh, I want to introduce you guys to uh, Yvette Willis, Yvette, how are you doing today, Yvette?
1: I'm doing great, how are you all today?
0: Uh, We're doing great, and uh, welcome to my testimony again, and um, we can't... um, Thank you enough for taking the time out of your busy day to share your testimony with us and and the audience that are watching today.
1: Thank you so much for having me, I really appreciate it.
0: Before we get into my testimony, let's Mm -hmm. bow our heads for prayer. Mm -hmm. Father, we thank you so much for the morning that you have allowed us to see. Thank you for this day. Thank you that we're able to come together and speak with Yvette. And we pray that as she talked to us today, that the words that comes out of her mouth will be the words that you put and that the testimony on her heart will be shared and lives will be changed, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
2: Amen. 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 amen it, right, so Yvette, tell us who you are and a little <laughs> about your background, just a little bit. Hey. Who are you? <laughs> okay. Um, well, my name is Yvette. Um,
1: it's Yvette Willis. I am a daughter of a king, and I am so excited to be here today. I am a mom. I am a grandmother um, to some wonderful kids and grandkids, and, um, and I'm a, a servant you know, prayerfully that Lord uses constantly, and mm. um, was, I guess, do you want me to tell you where I was born and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah that'd be song. great. Absolutely. <laughs> 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 okay, well, I was born in Fort Lauderdale to two really wonderful parents, and, um, you know, so I'm a native Floridian, so, and um, my parents, my dad is American, um, and His father was American. His mom's Native American. And uh, my mother was uh, Cuban and French-Swiss blend as well. Her dad was Cuban and her mother was um, French, pretty much. Mm -hmm. So um, beautiful people. We lived and grew up a little bit in Fort Lauderdale until um, my parents divorced when I was about five years old. My sister was 10. I was my sister's fifth birthday present. Okay. It's like when she uh, was having her party, that... I was being born. Okay. <laughs> no. I don't know what she thought of it at the time. But I know, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. Um, but we, you know, i that's where I started out at was in Fort Lauderdale. And then we moved here after my parents had divorced. Um, uh, due to some alcoholism in the family my my dad was an alcoholic my mom had started drinking um, and so basically my journey began once we hit the area of Orlando
0: okay wow. okay and that's a good segue on um, your journey so tell us about the uh, that journey when it began um, you know you, oh, wow. you yeah I know <laughs> <It's a lot>. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
1: It's been a ride. Let me tell you, it's been an incredible ride. Um, lots of ups and and a, and a few downs, but God has always been there. It's amazing because at the time you wouldn't think that He is or where is He? And I didn't know Him um, when I was a kid. Not much, you know. I was told to go to the Baptist church, and then I'm told to go to, you know, the Catholic church. So it was kind of an interesting dynamic. Um, and then i basically just thought i'm not coming going anywhere <laughs> wow. i'm just going to stop so wow. um but getting here was was interesting it was you know it was a little you know rough trying a meeting new family my mom has 11 brothers and sisters and mm. um nine of them were here uh one of her brothers had died in cuba of um i don't know what exactly how many he was young he was about 10. and then um when my grandmother was having the last child, she had died in childbirth and the baby almost didn't make it. So, Uh,
0: uh, yeah,
1: my mom had witnessed that. She kind of told me that the other night when we were talking and she had never told anybody else. And she had said that uh, um, watching her mother pass away was very difficult. She was like 16 and then her journey began, you know, to really just whirlwind, you know, taking care of the rest of the children. Um, my grandfather was trying to get everybody out of Cuba before everything you know, kind of took place mm. and she ended up coming here and that's and she met my dad a couple of years later. She came here about 1950 okay. and um, That's how we ended up in Fort Lauderdale when I was born there. Okay. And then When I got to Orlando, it was uh, It was interesting because I had been used to living, you know, I mean I'm little but we had a great life and then i come here and we're in this Mm -hmm. old rickety wooden house wow um, Mm -hmm. scary and i'm starting a school i'm meeting cousins i never knew um but all in all the family kind of all came together so it was it was interesting very interesting for a little one
0: (laughs) okay
2: so what happened when you were 10 years old
1: basically i kind of um things got a little Hard at home. So my sister was exactly, you know, like I said, 15, 16 years old. And she had already um, kind of left and li- was living with some friends and stuff, working um, full time, going to school. And I was still at home. And so I just decided I'd leave. <laughs> so oh, wow. I left. Uh, <laughs> at 10. And, wow. Oh, yeah, right about 10, almost 11 years old. Oh, hit the streets goodness. and hung out with some friends
2: and lived different places would come home once in a while
1: you know did you go to, to my
2: mom. did you go to school during that time oh yeah mm-hmm. oh so you were still going to school and you're on the street oh
0: yeah oh, wow. yeah okay yeah.
1: And, and the,
2: <laughs> the
1: you know the teachers could tell I would you know they would call me street rat and little names like that wow. um, I would never amount to anything you oh, know my because, goodness. oh yeah it was pretty rough the teachers were not there but I gotta tell you. There was a woman that was my English teacher about my eighth grade year, seventh or eighth grade, and her name was Mrs. Moore. And I will put her name out there. Okay. Um, I don't know if she's still here, but Mrs. Moore was my English teacher. She was an African-American teacher. And on the east side, um, during that time, you got to figure, this is kind of in the 60s, mm.
0: um,
1: everything was still a little segregated. Right. And so she was on the east side teaching at um it was called Stonewall Jackson and um she picked up on me real right away. <laughs> okay. You know, she was she was an English lit teacher. She was brilliant. But she had said, you know, read this paragraph. And I think we were reading um Great Expectations. Mm. And mm. I said, I don't feel like reading. You know because I had an attitude, I had a chip on my shoulder. I was a nasty little thing. Right. And uh, she said, Well I didn't ask you if you felt like reading, I'm asking you to read the paragraph. And I'm mm-hmm. like I'm not going to read it. <laughs> and so, she basically said, "Okay, get with me afterwards." And the long of the short of it was, is she said, "You can't read." Mm. I said, "I read what I want." And so, she put me in a reading lab okay. and I had these big reel to reels, and okay. you, you wow. match up the dots. And she put me in this reading lab, and I had a Bob Seeger tape. <laughs> and I took the tape in there, and I kind of popped it in, acting like I was reading. And she, of course, was a very smart young woman. And she came in and popped it out and said, you'll get this when you learn to read. It's like, seriously, lady? And then (laughs) I won't say exactly how I said it, but I said, why do you care?
0: (laughs) Wow. And
1: she's like, it's my job to care. And so I decided I'll show you. I'll show you I can read.
0: Mm. And so I
1: read, and then I started writing. Mm. And when I would write, she was like, oh, my goodness. And then, you know. Um, the math teachers her everybody were like, you're never going to amount to anything, but she had faith in me, which was really interesting. Mm. Um, here's this young 30 something year old woman, um, African-American on the East side of town, right, trying to take care of this rebellious little happy brat, you know, going, I don't need you. <laughs> and, uh, mm. the next time I saw her was at an in-service training that teachers had over in the County that I worked as a deputy sheriff at the time. Okay. And I walked up to the school and uh-huh. you know, I was, I had just gotten done. I was in a dress uniform, long sleeves, hash marks, all my stuff that you have to wear when you do a funeral. And um, I walked up cause I was an SRO at this school and I walked okay. up there and I, I sat there and I looked and you got to figure the last time she saw me, I was, I had just turned 16 and I had just had my son. Mm. and I took him to see her mm-hmm. because and she was like he's beautiful but you can still do something with your life oh, oh, Wow. I, I believe in you and she really did so with that I see her probably 15 years later mm. uh, and I look and I walk up to her I said excuse me are you Mrs. you know I said her name Mrs. Moore but I had said her whole name and she's looking at me in full dress and she's like Yes, do I know you? And I'm like, uh-huh. well, you probably don't remember me. And right. I just told her who I was, uh-huh. and she looked at me and went, "Oh my goodness, how did you pull this off?"
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow!
1: And I said, well, "I was a good kid," and she was, she was really manipulating. You were a manipulator. And I started. Laughing. So we reconnected. We hugged. She had told she had married. She her son was doing well. She had. um had me come speak at one of her classes, wanted me to come speak at the school there to one of her classes, mm-hmm. because that's when things were starting to shift where kids were starting, you know, in the eighties, um, they were starting to get a little more, you know, feisty out here. Right. And so yeah. with that one teacher, I was able to, um, sit in a legislative position, um, as a representative for the agency I worked for and help write and input the, um, information for the laws for, um, certain, um, areas that we deal with now, elder intervention and stuff. Um, all my reports, anything I wrote, I wrote a manual on, um, you know, how to investigate abuse and stuff. So it's just Mm -hmm. because of her, that one person who changed my life and believed in me, other than Mm -hmm. my adopted dad, who was the Orlando police officer that kind of took me off the streets. So it's kind of why I became a cop. Um, but I was uh, it was a blessing it really was right. so from a little kid that was so rebellious and so uh, having children at such a young age and not really having any focus or des- or where to go, mm-hmm. um, God just moved, man. he used people that I would never have dreamed that he would have used right so yeah so and it, it turned out good my kids are fantastic my grandchildren are amazing um everybody has their ups and downs there's no perfect mm. life yeah. so it was when when i knew i knew of god let me let me i knew i knew of god i just didn't know him
2: mm.
1: that was the thing i didn't know him and it wasn't till a few years later when i ran into him <laughs> mm.
0: Right. So take us to that journey. So you became a police officer and then you got converted to the, to, to the fate. Uh, tell us about mm-hmm. that.
1: Yeah. My dad, um, was an Orlando police officer, my adopted dad. Mm-hmm. Um, not my paternal father, but my adopted dad. And he kind of took me off the street and under his wings, And it was a kind of a, <laughs> it was kind of a challenge. And then I end up having Billy. I end up getting pregnant and getting married at 16. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, we didn't stay together um, long. We stayed together a couple of years, few years. But when you're 16 and 17 years old, you know, it's really difficult. But we did co-parent the child. Okay. You know what I'm saying? He was a good father. Um, about four years later, I find myself pregnant again with my daughter mm-hmm. um, and realized what was causing this and stopped. And uh, <laughs> And her
0: <laughs> father... <laughs> That's a message
1: to you people out there that need to really listen, <laughs> young people. Um, and so my my daughter's father was not uh, as involved in her life, which was kind of sad, but uh, mm-hmm. she had a great support system, and so did I, with um, the grandparents, all the grandparents, my parents, um, mm-hmm. and that. So when I, um, when I got into law enforcement, that was my, I think that's where I, my identity was. Um, Mm -hmm. I could help people. I could Mm -hmm. make a difference because I knew what it was like to be in these situations.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So, um, And then I ended up in a shooting and almost killed. Um, And that's what sparked me on my journey to really find out, okay, who is this job? Who's this God? Mm -hmm. Who really is he? And so I started searching. I went to a couple of different churches, um, met with some of the pastors at these different churches and um you know and some friends of mine um that i had known through the firefighting world were killed in the disney collapse oh, wow. and um you know and affected a good friend of mine who was um a firefighter at the time and then um you know and then my partner uh, one of my partners one of our the agency's partners was killed in a shooting so there's a lot of things going on and i'm like wow you really exist why is this happening and I remember sitting in front of Florida hospital <laughs> on okay. 1792 because praying, I didn't know how to pray. I just knew how to bargain <laughs> with God, wow. bargain with him. And I'm like, look, you make my mom better and she stops drinking and I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll follow okay.
2: you. Okay. And,
1: uh, and she was, you know, she was in a pretty bad way and I'm just sitting there in the middle of 1792 in front of Florida hospital, just looking over and going, just fix this. If you really do exist, you'll fix this. Mm. And he did. Okay. And I didn't hold up my end of the bargain, quote unquote, if you will, you know, because I didn't know you couldn't bargain with God. It was, I didn't know him. I knew of him. Right. And then I, uh, I get in my shooting and I'm, and I'm sitting here wondering what's next, you know, where, where are you? Do you really exist? Mm. And so talked to one of my cousins and I said, you guys go to this church, you know, tell me about it. And, and I said, it's kind of different. You, you don't need a lot of stuff and <laughs> you know, <laughs> okay. and you go to church on Saturday and that's right. kind of weird. And they're like, no, that's really the right day. <laughs> so I went with them to to the Deltona church and did a Daniel and Revelation seminar. And that's where I think God kind of roped me in at that point. It's when I really realized right reading the bible learning how to read the bible how to interpret it the way god wanted me to interpret it how to pray not bargain right how to learn learn to pray not bargain with god and you know i had done some things and i'm like wow you really will forgive me for this mm. and there was such a weight lifted off and and the elder who um taught me was an amazing gentleman and taught myself and my kids Blind. so my kids to this day say you know they're in their 40s now mm-hmm. said everything we learned is coming to pass mom it is so incredible um it's just weird to watch it unfold my daughter had said i just never thought i'd be alive <laughs> if it was going to happen because i always thought there's no way people are going to turn their back and she's like i never thought i would be alive to see what's happening in these days. Mm
0: -hmm. And
2: I said, well, praise the Lord that you are. So, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay. Wow. So you're in this situation whereby you have now, okay, I've done the Daniel revelation seminar. I am deciding to choose God. How is that journey now for you? Wow. It's, um, it's been amazing. It's
1: basically, um, I learned so much. I met some amazing people. I was Mm -hmm. starting to be asked to speak in conferences, especially, Mm -hmm. um, by Cheryl, who was the head of the women's ministries at the time, um, in Florida. And we worked very close together. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was like, God was using me. And I'm like, is this what you want me to do? Do you want me to tell the people about you Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. and how I came, you know, this little, ruffian if you will <laughs> the, this little street rat that they used to call me um how i found an amazing god who actually created me and mm-hmm. you know and it's funny because sometimes i used to do things or i do things and i'm like well you made me this way you know, <laughs> you know god's like yes but not exactly right. <laughs> you know you chose some of this so um but it was it was incredible the people i had met back then um yeah the things that I had learned Mm -hmm. and it was um, it's been an incredible journey. I I have grown a lot from what I've learned and it has helped me to get out here and reach people on a specific level of the truth.
2: Mm -hmm. And then
1: also on seeing things that I did see, you know, after a while, Mm -hmm. some of the the denominations, like the ones I was in as a kid, Mm -hmm. it was more, you had to earn your way to God. Mm -hmm. And that was so hard for me because I was so I mean I'm so type A. Sitting in this chair is like (laughs) it's like torture.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We'll get get you you out soon. We'll get you out
1: soon. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, you know, but that's what it was more like earning my way in. And I couldn't earn it because I couldn't get it right. Yeah. I was always doing something wrong, and Mm -hmm. I really didn't know that you know, that some of this stuff was wrong, you know, right. dating and doing what I did and having right. the kids the way I did. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't change anything of having my children because God, you know, makes those crooked paths straight. And I, and like I said, they're amazing. But if I would have known a little more and not just because of what the religion had said I had to do, right. but where was my relationship? And we have to be very careful with that. Mm-hmm. We have to be very careful you know, religion versus relationship. Yeah. Because God doesn't dislike religion. He dislikes hypocrisy. And that's what I felt like I was doing every time I would go to a church after doing what I did mm. and asking forgiveness. I'm like, well, gee, I can just go and do this, and then I can go back out and do what I want again. And that's not what, mm. he, that's not what he meant. Nope. Wow. Nope. And
2: sometimes we make him too, too man-like, yeah. too much mm. like a man. And, he's I, God. So. I, I, and during this time, you you got married again. So yes. what happened with that situation? Um
1: I that was one of my highlights of the church. <laughs> <laughs> First of all it was finding God. That was the biggest uh, highlight. Right. And then the um the second highlight was uh, meeting my then husband. Um and we did you know, we did a lot of ministry together. He was very active in the church with uh, especially with Pathfinder's. Um mm-hmm. and then of course we just did a lot together. But with my um, my insecurities, I think it was, and not really knowing what to do, you know, because being married at at fifteen and a half, mm-hmm. you know, you're doing it for the right reasons. You're getting married because you're pregnant, you're pre- <laughs> you okay. know. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was an incredible, you know, young man uh, stepped up to the plate. But we were both so young, and he has since been married now for probably over thirty something years.
2: Okay. Oh, wow. So,
1: We were just children. And then um, when my children got a little older and and my son was going into college over into Southern, I had met, you know, my then husband and I just fell, you know, head over heels in love. But what I had done wrong and what I caution a lot of young couples now that I counsel, Mm -hmm. that was the one thing we did. We didn't counsel. I had already been married once. He had been married a couple of times already. Um, We needed to get counseling. But the biggest thing was, you know, obviously everybody says communication, but I believe that um, as it got a little rough, sometimes it would get, you know, loud, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. We, um, I kicked God off the throne and put my husband up there oh. and I expected him to be God because he was my, I, I loved him. I was in yep. love with him. And mm-hmm. yet I think I made him my God and kind of put mm-hmm. God in a backseat. And well. that is not what you do. But when you're insecure and you're um, and you really don't know how to do a relationship well, mm-hmm. then you you know, that's where I believe, you know, maybe some premarital counseling would have helped. Mm-hmm. Um, and that but the ministries we did together were fantastic. The things mm-hmm. that we did, I learned a lot about God from him. Mm-hmm. Um, and my ministry started moving pretty quickly and he was getting more into, you know, doing things as well. So, um, but I believe now, looking back, I believe marriage is more than just a long-term contract, mm-hmm. and I believe that it is to one person. Um, and you know, and that's where God wanted it to be. But again, when you have brokenness and trying to put it together, mm-hmm. the pieces aren't all there. So you have to let him be the adhesion. And go through some of the things we have to go through. But right. as far as the ministry and learning about more about our um, about the denomination, I learned quite a lot from him. And, okay, um, and, and that's a blessing. You know, it is a blessing.
0: Right, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. So take us to um, the ministry uh, a little bit deeper. The the stuff that you did with you uh, being a cop and how. You're able to help people that are on the streets mm. and but not only just a cop, but knowing that you know God now. So uh yeah. um, Marrying the boat together with mm. you being a police officer and knowing God. How did you go about with your ministry on the streets?
1: Well, I know that when um the biggest thing was me with me is being transparent. And sometimes people mm-hmm. aren't really good with that. They don't really <laughs> transparency, they're like, Do you have to like say it all. It's like, yeah, man. Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) 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 So, you know, and that's where I see, um, that's what I saw a lot on the streets. And that's where, as when I was in law enforcement, um, that's where I think the young people and people felt comfortable because they could be transparent and I would be just as transparent back, you know, they would call and call the main office and say, they have a warrant and say, I want her to come get me and they'd say, hey, you're being requested to go pick up this person because, you know, and I'd tell them, "Wow!" Okay. You know, I'd pat them down. You got any guns, bombs, anything I need to worry about? I got kids to get home to tonight. And they're like, no, that's why I asked for you. <laughs> it's like, you know, so, and always, I always brought God into it because I know that somewhere down the line, somebody, grandmother, aunt, pastor, youth leader, mom, dad, friend, friends, mom, and dad, somebody mm-hmm. brought God up to them sometime. Right. right. And if I can just kind of interject God in there mm-hmm. one or two times before we get to where we got to get to. Right. Um, they might see, I mean, I would pray for them before they get out of the car or if it was a really bad situation, um, I tell them I'm going to pray for them. And they're, you know, of course they're saying things not so nice. And I'm like, well, you can say what you want, but you can't stop me. So, right. <laughs> and I just kind of laugh and just, you know, there yeah. we go. Um, if I was running after someone, I've had the, um, the, the blessed opportunity with, the, some of the people going, we'll catch them for you and they'll right. run right past me. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know. so it's these kind of quirky things right. but because I was so real and I, they knew, mm-hmm. they just knew I was, I, I'm not going to candy coat anything. I'm not going to lie to you. And I, even if you lie to me, I'm not going to hate you. You know, there's enough of this. So the ministry i think was more god using me there's no reason in the world how i became a cop it's the craziest thing because you know as a kid you know i used to like fast cars and like to do things so you know driving wise you know when the sheriff the older sheriff had brought me in he's kind of unrolled the scroll and said you get one of these and i'm like what's that and he goes Uh, that's your driving record like
0: wow never
1: okay. mind i'll never get a ticket again i promise yeah you know, i said i thought that all went away he's like it never goes away but <laughs> i'm like yeah uh, point taken you know so wow. he was, he was an old, thank you older for telling man. us <laughs> uh, he was an older man mm. and he was the he was the sheriff before the one that took over that i had worked under and he was an amazing man but he took a chance he's like you know your record's clear you've never been in any trouble dah, 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 dah. And, you know, I just kind of smile and laugh thinking I never got caught, um, you know, but, <laughs> but I was a mom at 15, how much trouble can you get into right. at that point? So right. God, even though things were not done the way textbook, if you will, for lack mm-hmm. of a better word, mm-hmm. there was always this plan where he kind of fixed right. it. God mm-hmm. kind of blended it. And even though I wasn't following him, he was always following me. He was always walking around going, okay, I need an angel over here. Okay, over here, you know, because he knew I was going to come running to him. He knew that I was coming to him and I would find him. And, you know, it took me a while, but it opened up a plethora of windows for uh, ministry work and all over and all the different divisions I worked in um, with fellow officers, with firefighters, with people in the neighborhood, you know, all over the communities. Um, I just I loved it. You know, I mean, I really loved it. And that was my, that was my ministry. You know, that's where I found myself the most active was when I was on the streets. Um, And then I realized my identity was in crisis at that time. In Mm -hmm. reality, I was, it was in Christ, but not the way it needed to be. I was still, um, my identity was still in crisis because again, I thought I knew God, but I knew mostly of him. And um, it wasn't until you know my shooting and um, that woke me up and then the loss of a child and then the loss of a career after getting injured to where I was in my house for almost two years, um, mm-hmm. just crying out to God and just yelling at him. I wasn't crying out nicely. <laughs> but I was letting him know
0: and and he
1: was okay with that.
0: He was okay
1: because I look at like the stuff with this pandemic, when we had those couple of months of um, Mm -hmm. quarantine that we had to be in the whole world. Yes. I look at it as though, you know what? God paused the world for us. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And
1: what did we do at that time? Same thing with the two years I had, you know, been in the situation I was in at my house, just locked myself away. Mm -hmm. Um, I did it more in anger Mm. and if i could do it differently i'd have done Mm. it more in praise and worship and prayer okay um but again it's learning so he'll make that you know he'll make those places back there he'll give it back to you it'll just be in a different time and a different age um you know a point to where my husband my my ex-husband and i were going to get back together uh, had talked about it um had met you know several times and then you know it didn't happen and it was during that time period that i was like oh the lord's opening up a door um but i believe i was probably so broken
2: and Mm -hmm. you know and
1: i didn't fit the profile um Mm -hmm. you know so i i lost you know again so it was very confusing time after i had gotten injured and lost everything but Mm -hmm god was so amazing it's so funny because he's so now i can smile and go you were so cool because you had this um you <laughs> know right. my house i had no i, I didn't have no money was coming in so i had no lights i had no you know barely any food i didn't want to tell my family um lived on a lot of oatmeal and peanut butter sandwiches and uh okay. didn't realize that the ac was just a I, if i'd have clicked it differently i would have had it not been out with, been out of ac for about <laughs> four years um and that ac heat the ac was gone but the heat i would have had but you know what my house always stayed warm in the winter and it always stayed cool in the summer when i should have lost my house the mortgage company is like we're just going to let all this go and you just don't worry about a thing And you'll make it up. It was I had things happen that I was like, okay, wow, this is this is incredible. Um, You know, and in the meantime, trying to figure out how uh, a hand injury could be something that could end a career that even though it was an in in line of duty injury and it Mm -hmm. took a couple of years for the surgeries and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. None of that made sense. And to this day, it doesn't make sense. The judges and the appellate courts were like, this doesn't make sense. Um, But it does if God's in the mix, you know. So what are we doing with the time he's given us now during this time that maybe we can't do what we want? We need to approach this a different way. We need to broach it with um, who can I go out and pray with? You know, when people are gathering together instead of being scared, just go out there and put your mask on, your gloves on, do whatever you got to do. And say, hey, I'm just coming out here to pray with y'all. And yep. I'm Amen. not taking sides. Bye. I'm not picking this or choosing that. I just want to pray and just kind of bring God into the mix. And it amazes you how many people will um, accept that. And it's the same thing yep. being, you know, reaching people that we had spoken about earlier, mm-hmm. living in their vehicles. Um, mm-hmm. Mental illness that has hit people because of depression and anxiety, young people going to college and Mm -hmm. not eating or having to go to some of the Wawa stations really are good. They feed them, they give them the food and stuff like that, but Mm -hmm. they're sleeping on park benches or in their cars in the parking lot of the colleges because they're going to go to school and they don't have the money to get a place to live, but right. another kid will come up and say, Hey man, why don't you come crash at our place?
0: Right, right. Yeah. Uh,
1: you know, we network people together. That's what God saying. We're a body of Christ, not a limb. Yes. You know, and, and that's where we have to really, you know, kind of reach out. And that's what I've done. Right. Um, not always right. Um, you know, like I told you with the marriage, not always right. Um, mm-hmm. made, some, made my mistakes. um, and also parenting sometimes is a challenge but you do what you can and god does the rest yes and 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 with the um with the religion with the denomination Mm -hmm. and that we've got to remember that that god's a jealous god and that our relationship with christ should be first and then the writings of ellen white any other thing any other denominational stuff that if they're not adventist their doctrine comes after that because when you read about God in the Bible he'll open it up to understanding and being able to do the rest but sometimes i think we've reversed it yes and i think we've put so much emphasis on mm-hmm. our denominational um and i say our as you know uh figuratively and corporately not just SDA but um right i think we forget that the bible is the word of god and, and you know, that's where we need to start. You know, that's where we need to begin. And I think that's where it needs to stay, being honest with you. Um, it's about, you know, repentance and sanctification. Yes.
0: Know, so, yes.
1: And again, he's not, he's not, um, he's not jealous or angry about our religion. He gets a little bothered by our um, hypocrisy, I think. That's right. what I think happens. So.
0: Yep. It's a, more about our relationship with our relationship him, for sure. relationship
1: with him. Very yeah. important. Yeah. Amen. And how do you get through things if you don't have that relationship? How, no. how, how do we get through this? How do we stay right. in a home I, I know. that, you know, we're stuck. And yet how do we stay here and not, you know, because we communicate with our creator and that's what he wants. Mm. He wants us to do that. Yep. I think younger pastors got it. I think these young people coming up from college yeah. um, and uh, I think they preach the book and, they are so on fire for God. Mm, And, you know, you know, he, he, he's, he's really a part of them. And so that's where we need to get back to. I think we need to get back to the basics of where, where it is. And his word is the basics because what if I can't ever talk to you guys on, even on a computer? What if I don't see you in person, Mm. but I can pray for you Exactly. if I know how to pray, not bargain.
2: Right. You know
1: what I'm saying? You know, um, and it's just little things like that that make such a big difference.
0: Amen. 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 Wow. Wow, well, Yvette, we want to thank you so thank much you so again. Much. This was such a beautiful testimony. Yeah. And uh, encouragement for us.
2: Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. And um, Absolutely.
0: you know, you um I, I pray that God continue to bless your ministry, ministry and yeah. um, and the lives that you touched, touching. that you have touched, and the life you keep touching. Mm-hmm. And I know, mm-hmm. um, you know, you still still have so much in you yep. and so much to give. Mm-hmm. And we we just want to pray that God just yeah. continue to bless you and your family, yes. your your kids and your grandkids and everybody, yeah. and just um, keep you in in you know close to Him Amen. in everything that you do. Amen. So thank you again thank so you much for so coming much. on and sharing with us. Yes.
1: Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. May God bless you and continue blessing your ministry as well.
0: Amen. 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 So (coughs) Dawn, you gonna pray to close this out? Sure.
2: Thank you. Oh, loving Father, thank you so much for the way that you've worked within this testimony. We see your hand in everything. And the way that you bring someone that can't even read to the point where She's able to minister to so many people Mm -hmm. and to be your hands and feet. And that's what you really want us to be. So help us to put aside all the other things and help us to really focus on having that deep and meaningful relationship with you, which is your most important thing that you want us to do so that we can truly be able to see you and say, yeah, you are our father. Thank you so much for all that you do for us and help us to be truly ready so we can meet you and live with you forever. It's our prayer in Jesus. Amen.
0: Amen. 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 Yes. You. So thank you all so right. much again. Yes. And um yeah, I
1: appreciate it.
0: I know, I know, you know, you're a busy lady. You took your time out. So <laughs> thanks again for coming. <laughs> yeah. Blessing <you> us <laughs> today. You. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Right. Have a blessed day. All right, all you too. Right. You too. All, all
0: right. You Take care. Bye bye.